2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. This chapter is loaded with miracles. Elisha has been given a double portion of the same spirit that Elijah had, and that spirit included a gift of prophecy, a gift of miracles, a gift of healing, signs and wonders. This chapter will blow your mind because of all the miracles. We should not think that God doesn't do miracles today. He does because I have had a couple of mind-blowing miracles in my life that are very similar to the miracles in this chapter. And I've known other people who've also had miracles that were as amazing as the miracles in this chapter. God never stopped healing. He's the same. And he never stopped giving us miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the Bible says. His character hasn't changed. So you can ask him for a miracle this very day and put your whole faith in him and trust him. He will do amazing things in your life. Verse 1, Now there cried a certain woman, of the wives of the sons of the prophets, unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two children to be bondmen. In ancient times, and still today in some countries, if you owe debt, you can be sold into slavery because of your financial debt. In the Western world, we just use credit cards. We are slaves, but we don't know it. We're allowed to still live our life and do whatever we want. But in a lot of countries, when you owe somebody money, you can't just put it on a card. You have to actually give them your life, and you become their slave. Because her husband died with debt, now her children will be sold into slavery. 2. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. He's thinking, what should we ask the Lord to increase for you? What do you already have? And this is interesting because in the New Testament, Jesus tells a parable about the servants who had talents. And in the parable, their talent is money. And each of them is allowed the opportunity to let their money grow for their master. And that symbolizes you and I using whatever gifts he gave us and allowing those gifts to grow by using them. Elisha knows that God has already given the woman something. He wants to know what God has already given her so that they can ask God that it grows. Well, she does have some oil left in the house even though she's really poor. That's what she's got. And that oil, even though it's all she has, it's a gift from the Lord. Three, then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Meaning, go to all the neighbors and, and get every jar or vessel that's empty that they're willing to give you. For, and thou shalt go in and shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. He tells her to shut the door so that nobody will know but her and her sons what is happening, and no one else will see the miracle but her and her sons. It reminds me of in the New Testament when Jesus shut the door on the naysayers that said that the little girl wouldn't rise from the dead. And so Jesus shut the door on them, and he went in to command her to rise from the dead alone with just a few people who believed, which I think included her parents and James, Peter, and John. Those are the only ones who he allowed in the room because everybody else was laughing and mocking Jesus and telling him that she would never rise from the dead. 
Elijah could be having her shut the door on her neighbors so that there won't be any naysayers saying this will never happen. Because a lot of times when there's naysayers in the room, it takes down the faith of everybody else. In order to get our miracle, we have to believe. If there's a naysayer in your life, get away from that person while you pray for your miracle. And then later when your miracle comes, then you can go tell that person what happened. And then maybe their faith will grow. He's told her to take all the vessels from her neighbors, put them in her house, and then she and her sons will take that little bit of oil that she has left and pour it into each of the vessels for her miracle. 5. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons. They brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Her sons were bringing her these heavy vessels. A lot of these are the size of a person. Some of them might have been smaller, but the bigger ones were probably 3 feet tall. And then she's pouring in there from the little tiny amount of oil that she has left. And this also reminds us of the miracle that Elijah had with a widow who'd had nothing but a little tiny bit of oil and a tiny bit of flour to make two little tiny cakes. That was all she had left. But while Elijah was with her, she never ran out of flour or oil. But God's going to give this woman a lot more oil than that. 6. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. She kept pouring oil from the little tiny amount of oil that she had. She kept pouring it into these big huge vessels until they were completely full. When they ran out of vessels, that's when the oil stopped growing. God knew that she ran out of vessels, and that was when the miracle stopped. 7. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy sons of the rest. They had plenty of oil to pay all of her husband's debt, and still have a bunch of oil left over to keep using for a very, very, very long time. 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed at Shunem, that's a town, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. By saying she's a great woman, it means that she's rich. She constrains him or forces him to stay at her house because she wants to be closer to the Lord. Jesus said in the New Testament that people take heaven by force, meaning people who have faith, they don't wait for heaven to come to them. They reach out and grab for it. When you really have faith, you pray to God, you expect your miracles, you preach the gospel, you share your testimony, you pray over people, and you believe 100% that God is going to answer that prayer. And that's how this rich woman was. She saw Elisha and she was like, if he has the presence of God, I want him in my house. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread, which means to have dinner with her. 9. And she said unto her husband, Behold, I perceive that this is a holy man of God that passeth by us continually. 10. Let us make, I pray thee, a little chamber on the roof, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. She wants to turn her house into a hotel for Elisha. And she's asking her husband permission to create a hotel room for Elisha to stay with her whenever he's traveling, because she can see that he passes through Shunem a lot. 11. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the upper chamber and lay there. He did decide to stay at her house and rest. 12. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. He rested at her home, and then he wanted to bless her. She's a Shunammite, which means she's probably black. 
Gehazi is Elisha's servant, and you'll see that Gehazi does not have the same faith that Elisha does. 13. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. 14. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no son, and her husband is old. Gehazi is really wise right here because he understands what she would probably want the most. Elisha offers to put in a good word for her to the captain of the army or the king, but she tells him that she isn't living as a foreigner in that area, so she doesn't need that kind of help. So Gehazi is suggesting that Elisha pray that she have a child. 15. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. 16. And he, Elisha, said, At this season, when the time cometh round, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. She doesn't believe him that she could get pregnant. 17. And the woman conceived and bore a son at that season, when the time came round, as Elisha had said unto her. 18. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. His father was out in the field reaping the harvest, and the son didn't feel good, and he went out to see his dad. 19. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. The boy was complaining about a pain in his head, and the father sent him home with the servant to see if the mother could do something for him. 20. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. He's probably no older than six because she held him in her lap until he died. Now this is the same woman who had the son miraculously because Elisha prayed that she would get pregnant. 21. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. She put the boy on Elisha's bed and left the house, but hasn't told anybody what happened so that there won't be any naysayers. That's why she doesn't start screaming and crying and yelling that her son is dead. Because once she does that, there will be a whole lot of people who don't have any faith, who won't believe that he can come alive. But she still has some faith that he could be brought to life again by God. 22. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the servants and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come back. Elisha isn't with them this day. He's out of town. But she wants to go find Elisha, and she needs a donkey and a servant to help her do that. Kind of like a driver in a car. 23. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. The husband is asking her why she wants to see Elisha, because there's no festival that they should be having him over for dinner. And she doesn't answer her husband. Again, she doesn't want her husband to be a naysayer and say, Oh no, if the child's dead, he's going to stay that way. She doesn't want to hear that. 24. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slacken me not the riding except I bid thee. She's telling the servant to go as fast as he can unless she tells him to stop. She's willing to take a rough ride to get to Elisha as fast as possible. 25. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel is the same mount where Elijah had had a miracle previously. 
that was where Elijah had the contest between God and Baal, and God definitely won. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. 26. Run, I pray thee, now to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Elisha knows that she wouldn't be hunting him down if there wasn't something wrong. So he sends Gehazi to go ask her what's wrong. But she tells Gehazi that everything's fine, which we know that when people say I'm fine, they're not fine. She doesn't think Gehazi has enough faith for her miracle, so she won't tell him either. See how she waits till she talks to somebody with faith. If I'm really desperate for somebody to pray for me, I don't just call anybody. I call somebody who I know who has a lot of faith and who really, really will believe with me. That's the kind of person I call. 27. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught hold of his feet, and Gehazi came near to thrust her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is bitter within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. They keep calling Elisha the man of God. And in the Bible they sometimes use this phrase for prophets. A man of God is somebody who obeys God's commandments because it takes faith to obey God's commandments. It takes faith because you have to believe that you need to obey the commandments, which a lot of people don't believe. A lot of people think that God is okay with sin and that God doesn't mind if we sin. It takes faith to obey God because you have to believe that God cares. And plus it takes faith to believe for miracles too. That's why Elisha is a man of God. And this is similar to in the New Testament when People came to Jesus a couple of times and the disciples tried to send them away. And Jesus said, no, don't forbid them. Well, this woman is grabbing Elisha by the feet, which would prevent him from leaving her. And it's inappropriate to grab him around the waist or the chest. So she gets down and grabs his feet. And Gehazi tries to stop her, but Elisha won't let Gehazi interfere. He says, let her alone. Elisha doesn't know what has happened. He says the Lord hath hid it. It's good that Elisha is honest instead of lying and trying to pretend that he knows what's going on. He knows that the Lord has sent her to him, but he doesn't know why. Whenever we don't know what's going on, all we have to do is be honest, admit that we don't know, and ask God. 28. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? When Elijah promised her she would have a son, she acted like she didn't believe him. And now she's saying, well, now it's come true. You have taken my son away because now my son is dead. And notice that she didn't have a lot of faith when Elisha told her she would have a son. Sometimes what we expect to happen is what happens because that's what our faith is in. She didn't expect to have a son and now she's left without a son. 29. Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, and take my staff in thy hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. Sanctification is when you only have one purpose, and it's to do God's will. Elisha is sanctifying Gehazi, saying, You have one purpose only, to lay my staff on the child's face so that he comes alive again. You're not allowed to stop. You don't pass go. You don't talk to strangers. You don't stop at the grocery store. You go straight to that child and put my staff on his face. Elisha wants the miracle now, and he's showing God that by sanctifying Gehazi. 
30. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. The mother won't let Elisha out of her sight. All three of them are going to go back to the dead child, but Gehazi is supposed to go ahead of them and put Elisha's staff on the child's face so that the child comes to life sooner. 31. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he returned to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. This is a lesson for all of us. When at first you don't get your miracle, don't give up. Gehazi gave up. He put his staff on the kid's face. Nothing happened instantly, and then he left the room. See, Gehazi didn't really believe, and then he went to Elisha and said nothing happened. We can't give up that easily because God is always testing our faith. At that point, God was probably testing Gehazi's faith, and it looks like Gehazi failed the test. 32. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. 33. He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. Elisha has now shut the door on everybody but him, God, and the dead child. Using the staff didn't work. So Elisha is really reaching out to the Lord. See, inanimate objects don't bring us the miracle. It's the faith that brings us the miracle. 34. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon him and the flesh of the child waxed warm. The child began to grow warm. The child is very small because he was small enough to sit in his mother's lap. So he is a lot smaller than Elisha, which means Elisha isn't literally stretched over the child because the child is too small for that. But he did put his face on the child's face. He had told Gehazi to put his staff on the child's face and that didn't work. So now he's put his own face on the child's face. It's just an act of faith. I can't explain it, and I'm not going to say that you need to put your face on somebody when you want them healed. God is not a God of formulas. It's witches who practice formulas. We Christians do not practice formulas. There's no magic in putting your face on somebody's face. But I think Elisha is enacting his faith out. He wants the child to have opened eyes, not closed eyes. He wants breath to come out of the child's mouth. And he wants the child to have his hands to move. So he puts his hands on the child's hands. And it's telling the Lord that he wants the child to come to life. 35. Then he returned and walked in the house once to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. This wasn't easy for Elisha. Having faith isn't always easy. Sometimes it's hard. And Elisha actually took a break from it. After praying really, really hard, he gave himself a break. He went downstairs, walked through the house. Then he went back up to the room. And that was when the child came alive. His prayer was so intense that he stopped for a while and walked around. And the child sneezed seven times because seven is God's number of completion. So God made the child sneeze seven times. Now, I don't know if the kid died of a virus and he was sneezing the virus out. I can't even imagine. But I think the seven represents God's perfect number. 36. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her. Elisha called Gehazi and told Gehazi to call the mother. And Gehazi called the mother. And when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. 37. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed down to the ground. And she took up her son and went out. She got a son in her old age. 
and her son was raised from the dead in her old age. Pretty amazing. She has a great testimony to tell. 38. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a darth in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said unto his servant, Now there's a famine, so they're all going to eat soup. They're just going to pull together what they have and make soup out of it. And he said to his servant Gehazi, Set on the great pot, and seeth pottage for the sons of the prophets. Seething is boiling. So he's saying, boil up a soup for the prophets. Pottage would be a vegetable soup. So He's telling Gehazi, cook up a vegetable soup because they can go around and just gather wild vegetables and wild roots to put in the pot. 39. And one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full and came and shred them into the pot of pottage for they knew them not. One of the prophets found wild gourds but it was an unfamiliar type of gourd that they had never eaten before. They didn't realize that it was poison, a poisonous gourd. And he sliced it and cut it up and put it in the pot. 40. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, O man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. They tasted that it was bitter and maybe had a really awful flavor, and they knew that it was poisonous. 41. But he said, Then bring meal, and that would be like corn meal. And he cast it into the pot, and he said, Pour out for the people that they may eat, and there was no harm in the pot. Again, he used corn meal for his faith, just like he used the staff for his faith. In an earlier chapter, I think Elijah had used salt when he was expecting a miracle. But again, we don't follow formulas, we just have to have faith. It's witches who follow formulas. So don't take notes and say, oh, I need to have cornmeal handy the next time somebody gets poisoned. Because it isn't about the cornmeal. It's about the faith. Do what the Lord prompts you to do. And that's what's happening with Elisha. There are many things about God that we will never understand. I'm not going to pretend that I understand why the cornmeal worked. But I do know that the miracle came from God and that it wasn't because of the corn mill. It was because of Elisha's faith. 42. And there came a man from Bel Shalashah and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of corn in his sack. And he said, give unto the people that they may eat. A man came and wanted to give an offering to the Lord, but all he had was 20 loaves of barley bread and one sack of fresh corn. But there was way more people than that to eat. So this is like the miracle of the fishes and the loaves in the New Testament, where there is food, but not enough for everybody. And he, meaning Elisha, said, Give unto the people that they may eat. 43. And his servant Gehazi said, How should I set this before a hundred men? But he said, Give the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, They shall eat and shall leave thereof. Elisha has already gotten a prophecy from God that all the people will eat before they leave. God doesn't like it when people are hungry. Have you noticed that? He feeds people that are hungry. He sent the ravens to Elijah. He sent the oil and flour to the widow. He sent oil to another widow. He does require us to fast, but he also enjoys feeding us. Elisha knows that the people are going to eat because God says so. It doesn't matter how little food there is, they're going to eat. 44. So he set it before them, and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. Everybody had a full meal. That is a miracle, just like the fishes and the loaves. 
We've had five miracles in this one chapter. And Elisha really believes the Lord. And so that's why there's so many miracles in Elisha's life. God is really good. And that concludes 2 Kings chapter 4.